everyone and welcome back to what's your jersey podcast i am your host jacqueline marfuji we're recording again from quarantine i am in i'm in los angeles and i hope all of you meatballs listening are hanging in there i know it's been a really tough time it's week seven i uh before we get into the podcast i do want to genuinely apologize from the bottom of my heart for not releasing an episode last week. Um, there's a few people I've been trying to podcast with and we had to push episodes because of, you know, life and quarantine. So I didn't want to just put something out that I wasn't in love with. So I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. I literally could have talked to my guest for five more hours. The amount of information is so inspiring and funny and uplifting and just it's all stuff we need to know. Um, and I've been trying to get my guest on the podcast for probably the past two years and we finally were able to make it work. So I am so genuinely excited for you. Um, before we get into that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the podcast, for sharing it with your friends. Also, Thank you to those of you who have been taking my live plyo jam workouts. Um, I'm doing them for free uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I'm doing them on my Instagram live feed and Facebook live feed. And you can just join in and work out with me and try to get that heart rate up and get, get some sweat going on while we're all at home. It's been really fun though. And I love connecting with everyone and it just makes me really happy and not feel so alone (laughs) during all of this to see your names and your comments up on those um, live feeds. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to keep doing them until we're all out of this quarantine. And I might even keep going after because I've been able to, you know, connect with people on the East Coast, in the Midwest, and, you know, the South, everywhere that's not Los Angeles. So we'll see what happens. Let me know your thoughts. Um, so yeah, I love my guest. I, I want to definitely stress, you have to listen to this podcast until the absolute very end. I feel like we really didn't get into like the meat and just the real good stuff until about the last half an hour of everything. And the last half an hour, we get into divorce and relationships and love languages and just all the things that um, are really important to sustain a relationship. So I definitely recommend listening to the last half, especially if you're looking for relationship advice during quarantine. And it doesn't matter if you're single, married, with someone, this advice is phenomenal. Um, And I didn't even think we were going to get into that because my guest, she is an Emmy award-winning lifestyle expert, host, stand-up comedian, actress. You've seen her on the Game Show Network. She tours all over the world. And she was on the Fab Life with, you know, Chrissy Teigen, Tyra Banks. I really enjoyed that credit. I don't know about anyone else. Um, But she is known as the yard sale diva on the amazing series Clean House. And you've seen her on The Office, Comedy Central's Reno 911. And I just, I think she's so phenomenal. And she's a designer and just 
the best. Everyone's fun sister. You're going to hear all these credits again. Um, but Trish Sir is my guest this week. And I just, she drops such knowledge. She gives her like top three tips on what we should all be doing while we're stuck at home when we want to like clean the house or get rid of, you know, trash and whatnot. She basically just goes into her top three tips for tackling just the, the things you can do while you're home in quarantine or anytime, not just during quarantine, because, you know, eventually this will all be over, hopefully. Uh, we also, we talk just enough sports. We talk about The Last Dance and um, the 30 for 30 episode on ESPN, The Bad Boys. It's so good. Her uncle was a coach for the Detroit Pistons. We talk about that. We talk about comedy. We talk about motivation. We talk about manifestation and the wonderful Lacey Phillips and just not quitting and going after your dreams. And, you know, just Trish is from Kentucky, but she also grew up in Jersey for half of her life. So imagine that dichotomy. Uh, She's the best. I know you guys are going to absolutely love her, her tips, her wisdom, her knowledge, her sass, her sense of humor, all on point. Uh, I had so much fun. I think you're going to have a great time. Definitely listen to the end, skip through it. If there's parts that don't resonate with you, I don't know how it wouldn't, but yeah, you're in for a treat. And so without further ado, the fabulous Trish Sir. All right, meatballs. You just heard me list all of her insane credits. Can you believe we have a fabulous Emmy Award winning, um, yeah, lifestyle expert, actress, all the things. Uh, we have both worked for the Game Show Network, but her position yeah. way cooler than mine. Um, this is someone who I just, I think she is the funniest sister we all wanted and never had. Um, Southern little just bell. Give it up, everyone. Meatballs at home. For Trish, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're the best, dude. Really, you're so awesome. That intro, I was like, who is she? She seems fun. Oh, that she's talking about me. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, you're too kind. You're such a doll. I just miss you. I can't wait till this mess is over so I can come squeeze you. I know. I'm so bummed that we can't see each other in person and just have like a fun kiki. It's gonna- okay. That's next. We'll part two it, right? Exactly. Um, I know I call my listeners meatballs, by the way. I know you're plant-based. There are plant-based meatballs out there. Yes, there Uh, are, honey, and they're delicious. um, Do you have any recommendations for the meatballs on a good plant-based meatball? You know what? When uh, when an Ikea opens back up, y'all, Ross Matthews, TV's Ross Matthews, who's one of my best friends, and he's from heaven, and he loves to make a recipe. He went to the Ikea in Burbank and went and they sell them frozen at the Ikea. And I said, the Ikea, because Southern people think there's one of everything, like the Walmart, the Ikea. Um, So he went and got me these uh, vegan meatballs at Ikea, and they're insane. Insane. Oh, my gosh. So good. So good, I swear. Uh, Trader Joe's also has a good one, too. Oh, they do? They really do, y'all. I'm the meatless meatballs at TJ's in the frozen section. Get into it. Because I love, look, I'm Italian. I know it's hard to believe. Um, I'm Italian and I'm Southern. So I love a glass of red wine. I love a pasta and I love a meatball sub. So, you know, going vegan, plant-based, or the heck you want to call it. Um, It was a booger. So I had to find good parm, good vegan parm and a good meatball. And I can do it now. Oh my gosh. A girl after my own heart. I always wanted to be Southern, Trish. I am Italian. But... I know you are, honey. <laughs> Southern, <laughs> like, you know, South Jersey's the South. 
<laughs> go down the shore. Did you know, little known fact, I graduated high school in New Jersey. No. What? True story. Yeah. We, I went to five high schools and my mom got transferred for work to New Jersey my ha- second half of my junior year and all my senior year. And um, I freaked out and I was like, this is crap. I don't want to do this mess. And she'd actually lived down um, in Bergen County. And I went to visit and I said, uh-uh, no, ma'am, this ain't for me. Because from Kentucky, that's a hard left, Bergen County. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, I know Jersey pretty well. I'm like, not, I'm not crazy, no Jersey, but I know it pretty well. And uh, my dad's from Jersey. And, and three of my cousins are state troopers in Jersey. Shout out to the McMacken brothers. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to give me their numbers when we get off the podcast. I sure will. Honey, if you ever get in a pickle, my sweet. <laughs> My sweet boy will get you out of some trouble. Oh my gosh, I love that. From heaven. But I graduated high school up in Northern Jersey in Sussex County. What? Oh my gosh. So my parents, they're close to like Essex County. They're up there now too. Yes. It's gorgeous up there. It is gorgeous. And do you remember, wait, you're probably too young to remember because it closed, I'm sure. But do you remember Action Park? Um, I always wanted to go there. I felt like it was a huge, huge, devastating regret of mine. I never went uh-huh. there. Tell me everything. I used to lifeguard in Action Park in high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw my weight around, but girl, I just dropped it. Some people drop all the celebrities they know. Not me. I dropped the fact that I lifeguarded in Action Park. <laughs> I mean, that makes you pretty famous in my book. I Thank would you. love. <laughs> I would love to hear you do a New Jersey accent. Do you have oh, girl. I don't do, you know, it's funny. I don't do, I, I, I used to be, they used to make so much fun of me. They were not kind to me in New Jersey. They were kind of hateful smurf to me because they didn't like my accent. And they would all call me Tucker, which apparently was supposed to be a mean derogatory thing about Kentucky. And I was like, y'all need to do better because um, that's oh. not hateful. But the point <laughs> is um, at Action Park, this was what was so funny. I have taken Spanish since I was in like, I don't know, like kindergarten, they started some weird program in Kentucky where um, they made us take a foreign language young, which is weird because can you imagine me speaking a foreign language? But ironically, (laughs) I speak it much better than I speak English. (laughs) So at Action Park, I was the one on the like all call because they would um, have a lot of people come up from the city that obviously did not know how to swim, right? And Action Park was this freshwater, gorgeous mountain water that would come down in the winter because in the winter it was a ski resort, you know, okay. yeah. uh, Vernon Valley Great Gorge Ski Resort. And the water was super ice cold. So you'd these sweet city kids jumping off these big Tarzan swings into ice cold mountain water. And then they'd panic and they couldn't swim. <gasps> and then unfortunately, a lot of people had trouble hearing the announcement or understanding, I should say hearing, understanding the announcement in English. So they were like, does anybody speak Spanish? And I was like, this is a bunch of white kids from North Jersey. What do you think? <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know. And then they're like, does anybody, can anybody translate? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, we need an announcement in Spanish that lets everybody know that we're not just going to save people because they're jumping in. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, well, give me what you want me to say in English. Okay. And they gave it to me. And I swear to you to this day, honey, I can speak it. I can say it. I, you could wake me in the middle of the night and I can tell you the speech in Spanish. Wait, I want to hear. Can you give us like a line? I can't picture. Yeah, I can do the whole thing. Here you go. Ready? <laughs> Don't judge the fact that my accent completely goes away, but here you go. Bienvenidos a Action Park. Si no pueden nadar, por favor, no usen estas atracciones, porque las salvavidas no los ayudará. Gracias. 
Oh my gosh. Sophia could never. <laughs> Girl. But I'm telling you, it was so funny because people would be like, oh, and then you'd see everybody's faces because what it was said was if you can't swim, the lifeguards won't save you. That's what the actual, that's what it said in English. That's and I was like, hilarious. That feels severe. <laughs> I was like, that feels like, why are there lifeguards? <laughs> yeah, I was like, you guys, don't we think there might should be like a jumping off point? Like, hey, we won't get to you as quick. Or they're like, no, we want to make it sound. I was like, okay, well, no wonder y'all are out of business. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so Here's crazy. Three. During this, um, quarantine all I want to do is jump in a swimming pool I never usually feel that way but that's all I want and I can't do it right now and I feel like no isn't that crazy girl it is so um so crazy I got divorced last year well I mean I've been we had been divorced but it was official last year and my ex-husband kept our house in the divorce like bought me out of it and we have a gorgeous had a had a gorgeous pool and all I've thought about was oh he gets to enjoy that pool because <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I don't have a pool right now and I was like well, okay. At least I know somebody cares about like, cause I've been like, dang, I would be in that pool living my very best life. But that's all I've thought about was I, my next house has to have a pool so I can just float. God forbid this ever happens again. Oh, right. It's so mm-hmm. funny. We have a pool in our complex, but no one's allowed to use it right now. And that I, is torture. I know it's like sitting there, but I, Trish, I did not use that pool once last summer. So I feel like I'm being punished for not (laughs) being grateful. Like God's like, no, girl. No, we're going to show you why you pay the rent you pay here. Get in that pool. Get in that pool. Oh God. Weird Beverly Hills courtyard kind of property. You have a pool. You Use it. Uh, I love your voice so much. And one of my favorite jokes that you opened with, this is years ago. I don't know if you still open with it, is about your voice. Yeah, that joke, Lord God, I'll be in the retirement village and still tell that story. (laughs) I love it. I feel like it's so like you need to repost it because now just with Corona, people are going to be like, are you sick? Were you sick? Like. I'm telling you between that, Jack, that, and I've been out, like, I've been out trying to run. I've got, I need some uh, health tips from you. We're going to hit that in a second too, because I have gained the COVID 10. It is not a good look, but hashtag know yourself, right? Everybody It's okay. I ate my feelings and went with the whole concept that carbs kill COVID for the first two weeks. Then these last two weeks, I'm like, oh, fun fact. They don't, they just kill your spirit. So <laughs> I've been over here going, oh my Lord, how did this happen? I'm like, not a mystery heifer. You were on a very strict bread and vegan butter diet. Look at you. Uh, so, and here we go into swimsuit season and I'm not feeling fierce. So anyway, the point is, um, you always go, look amazing. First you're of all, kind. I'm just, I'm swole like a tick right now. And I know it's half from the heat and half from the fact that I didn't take the first two weeks seriously. I was like, oh, I better eat my feelings. This could be it. And then now I'm like, oh, we're still alive. Probably might want to do a jumping jack. So, <laughs> No, girl, I literally, I can't imagine what I'd look like if I wasn't teaching classes. Cause I still, I've gained that COVID 10 too, where it's just like an extra layer and it's just pretty much on the hips. It's on my tummy. Uh-huh. My, mm-hmm. my stomach has some cellulite now. That yep. never yep. was the thing. Oh, uh, uh-huh. honey, the back, I don't, I've been grateful my whole life that I've just, I'm athletically built period. This is the first time in my life. I have cellulite in the back of my legs and I called my mom and she's like, well, what's wrong, Patricia? And I said, I look like I have hail damage. <laughs> I literally look like the back of my ass and my thighs have hail damage. My like back of my thighs, my hammies look like they have hail damage. And my mom goes, 
well, you just, you need to start. And this is not, okay. I don't know anybody else's mom. My mom's been on a diet my entire life. Mine too. We, okay. Yeah. So does your mom, my mom has always made us do it with her. Like, so if it was cabbage soup, we all had to suffer. If it was cayenne lemonade, we all had to suffer. We had to do it. I wish, I wish, because I would no, be a lot awful. better. Because then I'd that, eat like a sleeve of Thin Mints when nobody was looking. <laughs> like I was like, I'm done. <laughs> so I say that to say, she goes, you know what you need to do? The reason you can get rid of that hell damage. And I said, what? She goes, you need to do what I'm doing. And I said, well, what are you doing? She goes, I'm eating an Asian inspired diet. And I said, in Kentucky during a crisis, she said, it's not that hard, Patricia. And I said, well, tell me, like, I'm like, you doing seaweed. I, I'm trying to figure out. Because I know my mom. I'm thinking, Lord yeah. God, what's that, what's that look like? And she goes, I go, are you eating nori? Like seaweed and seaweed salad? And so she goes, Lord God, no. I'm just eating everything I normally eat, but with chopsticks. <laughs> I'm so, not, I, I sat there silent. Like, this is my mother. What in God's name? That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I no, can't I, chopsticks, so I wouldn't be able to eat anything. Well, that's what I said to her. I said, I'd be, well, I, I'm actually quite good. And she is too. And I said, so what's that look like? And she goes, well, did you know that picking up a chicken and dumplings a lot like picking up dim sum with, I said, well, mommy, you probably shouldn't be eating chicken and dumplings. Mm-hmm. I said, just a pro tip. If you were trying to lose weight, <laughs> she was like, don't, don't cuss me. She said, you take tinier bites with chopsticks. I said, yeah, but it's the same. Fo- oh, hell, never mind. You know, when you're just like, why am I explaining? She's got a system. <laughs> Crazy mess. I mean, I always feel like, because my mom doesn't eat carbs after like four o'clock. She also, oh, she's still, it's, I know. I, I'm not like that. We look, I look like, her adopted daughter too. She is skinny, blonde hair. Like you guys look like you could be related. Blonde hair, high back. Like I, you know, just like tiny and I'm the opposite. And Girl, you're beautiful. If I was built like you and you had a feather up your butt, we'd both be tickled. I mean, you are a game and then some. Please. I but I sneak whenever I'm at home, I'll find myself like when everyone else goes to bed, I'll sneak to the fridge and start just stuffing pasta in my mouth. Okay. I am a big emotional eater. Are you an emotional eater? Oh, my boyfriend and I, he always says I eat to survive. And I'm like, no, I eat for fun. Like I, I, how I'm feeling like ever, like right now there is a bag of four inch Doritos that is staring at me and I, right. But that's during the quarantine. Like I don't normally just chill and snack on chips and bread. That's like not like a daily thing, but now it's just become a thing. Like I eat Twizzlers at night every night. I'll have a chip witch. Like I yes, yeah, girl. I I go to the store now, and I'm like, who do I think I am? Italian, a Parisian? Like always the baguette. I walk in there like it's how people have hoarded toilet paper. I go to the grocery store, and I'm like, oh god, Lord, I need a baguette. And then I wonder how I put on ten pounds. I have eaten a baguette like it was a supplement. Oh, it's like I need bread. I, that's what I've done: bread and red wine. Oh, this- red wine! Oh, we finally. I was. We are keeping all the bottles. We we're like, this is fun. Let's just like keep all the bottles. We start drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Finally, yesterday, we were like, we're starting to feel bad about ourselves. We should probably, yeah, let's throw these out. It was like four shopping bags full of bottles. Like our neighbors probably think we definitely have a problem. You all had a big Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No. I've got like waking up being like, am I hungover or is it COVID? I don't know. Um, Well, that's so my best friend and I, um, Sabrina Soto, who is a fellow designer and she 
Oh gosh, girl. Okay. So Sabrina and I had this come to Jesus with ourselves the other day where we were like, um, is it me or do we need to have like get our acts together? And I was like, no, she goes, no, let's do it. So we started the quarantine accountability club amongst our tribe, which everybody else is welcome to do with us. So we have decided that we have to move our body 30 minutes a day, no matter what we have to, we have to only drink one day a week, which that's been the booger. Uh Okay. Well, we just started on Monday, so I'll let you know. Um, (laughs) <laughs> drink one day a week and that we have to eat intentional. Like you, you have to really think about it before something goes in your mouth. We have to do intermittent fasting. So for us, we're not eating after 8 PM. So we don't eat again until 11 AM. Ooh, I like that. And there's this really good app. You guys, it's free called the zero app. So you can pick what fast works for you. Like if that's too aggressive, there's other, you know, other times that are less and you can train yourself up. Um, and then, we're also doing something intentional, like for, for yourself, like be it listen to a podcast that makes you feel good or a self-help book or, you know, something, something that's a betterment to you for at least 20 minutes a day, meditation, prayer, whatever it looks like, whatever your jam is. So I will say I already do feel better. And I, what I ended up doing, and I'll tell you, you're actually instrumental in this and you don't even know that you are. Mm. I know you did this a year ago. You don't even know if you did it. And at the time I was like, I have to call and let her know that I love her this much. Cause this is so good. You of all the people randomly, this is how great this world works. Cause you know, I adore you and I am the champion of everything you do. Aww. I listened to your podcast with Lacey Phillips. Oh, how good was that episode? She's amazing. Okay. Let me tell you, I'm in love with her. First of all, she gets a chunk of my money every month because if y'all aren't following Lacey, if you didn't hear, first of all, go back and listen to the episode. You should do a post it on your socials so I can see which one it is. Yeah. Um, I, I know she and I are going to be friends someday. I keep saying I'm going to buy my house in Topanga so she and I can just be buddies. And I bought a house in Atlanta that's a big old black beach barn on like an acre. It's this big barn house. She and I have very, very similar aesthetics anyway. But I was like, I need to invite Lacey to the, so she can go retreat on the East Coast to, or I guess that's technically the South. um, Oh my God. But I'm in love with her. So because of you, I started uh, listening to her expanded podcast. And then I started, then I like started listening to some of her a la carte. And I was like, okay. And then I joined the Too Big Magnetic, which is such a game changer. And I think she is so brilliant. And if it had not been how beautifully honest you were and your all's relationship and what a great episode that was, I would have never. And so I listened to Lacey almost every day. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> well, it was, no. So I want you to know how you, girl, you don't know how you do the things that you do and how you affect people, but it was great. And I was like, I have got to thank my girl. I got to thank her. That is so cool. And I want to say thank you for sharing that because someone like you, like you're so accomplished um, and you, you do so many things. You're so funny and you're just inspirational. So to hear that coming from someone who appears to all of us that you just are killing it, have it all, have all the answers. It, it just means a lot that like you're working on your things and you're trying to I love you. Well, girl, aren't we all in it together? Don't you? I mean, I feel, especially now more than ever, right? I I mean, just state of the world, but I feel like if people aren't the kind of people and I, my papa, my granddaddy would always say high tides raise all ships. So if good people are good people, you will all collectively come together. I'm saying Lacey calls them expanders. You find those people. But I feel like if you aren't willing to be 
that for other people, what's the point? Like, I'm not saying if you don't, if not everybody has the time to go mentor and do, but yeah. if you aren't doing the things to raise everybody up, you're not helping yourself. So you might as well be the person that elevates. And I was so grateful when you put that episode up and I was so mad that I never said to you, I was like, and I would always go, I've got to tell her. And then I go, no, okay, wait, I've got to remember to tell her. And I'd listen to a Lacey episode, get right off and go, shoot, I forgot. And it's truly because of you that I even found her and that I, I was like the, the level at which she makes you look at your own mess. It's so good. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just to, and we'll divert for a second, then I want to get into all things you. Uh, After I did that podcast, because I was like kind of at a rock bottom with just like personal like relationships and stuff. And Uh after Lacey and I podcasted and talked about things, I finally just took on this attitude of like, screw it. Like, I'm just going to go for everything. And last year, I mean, I got to do some shows that I never, ever could have imagined. And I toured and just really had no fear. And even when I did have fear, I still just went for it. So if anything, for me, it was, I need to go back and listen to the episode because I feel like during- You're so good on it. You are so- You're so honest and lovely on it. I know my mom was like, oh, wow, that was. (laughs) Yeah, oh, girl, my mom gets so hateful mess when she hears me like, because my mom has a very glossy. I think everybody does, right? You have a version of how you saw events go down. And even when we have moments in our lives that maybe weren't our A game, whoever it was, right? This is what I know for sure. And my best friend, Sabrina, and I talk about this all the time. Everybody's just doing the best they can. Everybody is. Even if we feel like somebody's doing bare minimum, at that moment, it's the best they can do. It really <laughs> is. It really is. So get out of your own way and put in expectations, your expectations on other people. Like I am such a perfectionist for myself that I put that on me. I never put that on anybody else. I couldn't, that's too much work. And then oh. I'll look at myself and go, well, why the hell are you doing all this heavy lifting then? Like, <laughs> why are you being so tough on you? Cause that's anytime anybody's like says something hateful and we all know we, we're in a business. We'll cover female comedy in a minute, but we've oh, chosen yeah. a business where you're already, you know, less than the 1%. It's just a weird, a weird world. And people say something that they assume is a compliment and it's usually backhanded, which is weird. But I've learned that no matter what anybody else ever says to me, if it's derogatory or they genuinely are being hateful, I, you can say anything to me nasty because guess what? In my life, I've no one's ever been nastier to me than me. Exactly. Nobody's ever been nastier to me than me. And I had that's that was the first person I had to cut off. I was like, listen, chick, you are voted off the island, sis. I'm in there cussing myself. People have been like, who are you talking to? I was like, shh, myself. Leave me alone. I got to cuss her. She is not allowed here anymore. Uh, and that's a big part of Lacey. It's a work. It's the work you got to do. And you know, stepping into your worth and and owning the fact that you are talented and not trying to be a giant cup of humble pie for who? Who are you being humble for? You I know? know. I mean, I we need to not be humble. We need to just step into our own light. Also, one of my favorite things to hear you say, I've listened to you on some podcasts, is we are sometimes the only females on a lineup or, you know, like you show up to a show and they'll put you on like a shitty spot. And I love that you say you can't intimidate me. You can put me up anywhere because I know I'm funny. That's, <laughs> that's right. It. Look, 
we're good at our jobs, right? This is anybody. Yeah. First, people always go, well, you're going up first. I go, excellent. People don't know what to do. They think I'm pissed about it. I'm like, no, honey, doesn't matter where you put me, I'm going to shine. Why? Because this little light of mine, I know how to do this one thing. I'm pretty (laughs) darn good at it. I'm going to get over here and do it, right? I mean, if I didn't, why am I here? And we all have to get better. Comedy's scary uh, no matter what. Doing anything that matters to you can get a little scary because you're like, oh, gosh, I'm revealing this part of me. Now I'm vulnerable. But when you love it, man, isn't it powerful? It's powerful. Oh, there's nothing like that laugh, that that wave. Nothing of like it when it hits. I want to know. So the point of what's your jersey is where you're from and how you got to where you are. I want to know where this spirit came from. And I love the fact you are from Kentucky and you grew up working in was it funeral homes? Yeah, my family. So I'm from a little bitty town. My mom is from Kentucky and my daddy's from New Jersey. My daddy's from Fairlawn, New Jersey, and my mama is from Middlesbrough, Kentucky. And they got married and they moved to Kentucky. And I was born in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, which is this little big tic tac town right where Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia come together. Our big claim to fame is Lee Majors is from there, the $6 million man. Uh huh. <laughs> the fall guy. And nobody, you know, if you look it up, Google it. Um, so that was like the big to do. And he was from our town. I grew up about 45 minutes from Dollywood. And I thought she was the single greatest thing, by the way, I still do. Oh. Dolly, yeah, that Dolly Parton was the single greatest thing in the entire planet. And all I wanted was to meet Dolly Parton and like let her know that I was going to tell jokes because I couldn't sing because I can't carry a tune in a bucket. And I was like, I want to be as fabulous as Dolly in my own way. And I loved her so much that when I was little, I tried to plot to go to like get a job at Dollywood to sell corn dogs because I heard that her office at Dollywood was by the corn dog cart. Like, what's wrong with me? Uh huh. And you're determined. Yeah, I was determined. I've, I've like my entire life, I have been like, I'm gonna make Dolly because I genuinely believed uh, that that she was like my fairy godmother. Truly, 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 truly. Like I love her that much because where we're from, people don't get out. It's a little bitty coal mine in town. And uh, people don't leave. It's it's just not how that happens. So, is there a uh, statue of you in your town? Because no, <laughs> they're really sweet because they started to ask if they could put up like, you know, a boulevard. And I'm like, y'all, that's weird. I was like, y'all, you don't need to do all that mess. I just still keep it 30th Street. It's fine. Like, I'm like it's fine. And they're like, can we do? They've been really sweet over the years because they want like want to do something. And I am so grateful to be where I'm from. It's in the Cumberland Gap. It's like. Literally, the Cumberland Gap State Park is right there at the entrance of my uh, Middlesbrough. So it's just a cool little place to be from. And we're real proud to be from there. And then uh, we moved around a lot in that area. And then when I was in, um, my mom moved back and forth, like all over the place. And then we ended up moving to North Jersey. I went to, I actually went half of my freshman year. See, I told you, I'm, y'all have moved everywhere. I used to live, went half of my freshman year in it was Hillsboro, Hillsboro, New Jersey. Oh yes. So yes. That's in, I think that's Somerset, right? Somerset County. Yes. So that's had, went- uh, Jeff Epstein, who's on the podcast, not the Jeff Epstein, a different one. He's from. Oh Hillsboro. thank God. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you were like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, wow, I feel like a low profile guest. He <laughs> everybody. That's an episode I missed. I'll send you oh, that episode because he please. talks about Hillsboro. Yeah, Hillsboro. Hillsboro's a different beast. It's it's a definitely a, a very 
different beast. And I went right back to Kentucky after my freshman year. I was like, I don't need to be here. My mom tried real hard. And so I went back and lived with my grandparents and went to school in Kentucky because I was like, I don't like this mess. And then she moved to North Jersey and that's where I finished school. So um, yeah, I was all around the world and I, yeah, yeah. And I, I really, what I've loved my whole life growing up around the funeral business, I have a really goofy, funny family. And I've always said I'm the least funny person. I'm just the one that figured out how to monetize it. Yes. Uh, that was really what it's about. Cause you know, funny, funny, when you come from funny people, mm-hmm. it just writes itself stuff. Just right. You, you're like, dear Lord, this is my real life. Like you look around, you're like, this can't be real. And it, it is real. And the funeral business is hilarious. I know that sounds awful, but no, it, um, no. <laughs> it, it is. And you don't realize it when you live in it. But I just realized at a really early age that we weren't normal. I kind of felt like Marilyn Munster in the Munsters. Because <laughs> I was like, I feel like I might be normal, but we're a little weird. Like, you know, grandpa's a vampire and lives under the stairs, like that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, we are kind of these people. So I realized really early and we're Italian. So there's no real ethnic people in that part of the part of the world. Oh, and girl, we were, well. Yeah. And Catholic, I mean, people didn't know we, our, our church was so tiny because there's no Catholics. So like, I didn't know a Catholic church was bigger than four rows. Well, I didn't, you know, I just didn't know those because we're from this little bitty town where there's not a whole lot of us. So it has been such an interesting evolution. But when I was little, I just used to say, I'm going to, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to have my own show and I'm going to win an Emmy. I'd walk around saying it at like five. Wow. That, yeah. I mean, if that is not like law of attraction, just <laughs> right. Right. I know. And my family would just be like, okay. And they never said no. You know, I think that's probably the most powerful part. My family was never like, you're crazy. Get your act together. They would always go, yeah, honey, you can do anything you want to do. I was like, okay. I mean, Uh, just, okay. It was never like, what are you talking about? You're going to run the funeral home. They never, ever did. They would always go, okay, honey. Well, you, you, you gotta pay attention. You gotta be smart. My papa was like, if any of us, she'll be the one that figures anything out. And I'm like, okay. Like, I just took it as like, there's nothing I can't do. You so, were just like, I got this, guys. Fine. <laughs> it's yeah, my turn. I, I know I know that sounds probably cuckoo crazy, but I was the first everything, the first grandkid, the first, like, the, I'm the oldest between my brother and I, and I really kind of raised my brother, so he's uh, just two years younger than me, but he is a Navy SEAL, active duty Navy SEAL, and we're just these real determined people. Like we are, he's still team six and the kind of guy that you look at and you're like, huh, like how did you and I, like, how did we come from where we're from? You know, what I mean? when you're just like, really, is this who we are? But we are just this real determined kind of beast and, and we're, we're happy for it. And we're both very, um, we're both very grateful. We're both very, very grateful that we have that attitude and that we try to speak faith into other people because we don't know where it came from. We're just gifted to do the things that speak to us. I mean, I really don't think my mom thought she was going to have a comic slash designer and a Navy SEAL for a child. Wow. And that one of the, the first time I met Trish was when we were on a show together doing a pretty funny women's show and you were talking about your brother on stage and it resonated, (laughs) (laughs) which I loved. It resonated so much with me because I'm the oldest. I was the first. I have a younger brother that's two years younger than me. 
And granted, he isn't a Navy SEAL or whatever, but he left home early to go be a professional soccer player. And he was traveling the world. And I always felt that like bond. And I don't think our parents ever thought they'd have a soccer player and like a comic. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And so I always resonated with that a lot when it comes to you. And I, I love that you can integrate your brother into your comedy and all of that. I think it's amazing. Well, I, you're such a good storyteller, too, that I think it's a big part of those relationships or how we make people, A, connect, but B, just laugh because there's this moment that you stop, especially as a comic and how you do life in general, right? Because I I go back and forth. It took me a long time to embrace the fact that, you know, I I came in, came up in television when a skill set that I had, which my family, my family owned. Uh, the funeral home, the bank, and the realty company in my little bitty town. So we, I used to always joke, we got you coming and going. So we, <laughs> the truth, the truth is that we'd have to help people do estate sales, liquidate, um, liquidate properties, do kind of do all these things that weren't the norm, right back in the day. And I had all these skills that you can't go to school for. It didn't matter what that I had a college education. You can't go to school for the logistics of helping people move, being a professional organizer, and really. Having the skills, yes, obviously you can go to school for design. I'm not lessening any designer's talents, but oh, yeah. just the yeah, the, but the the level at which we would have to flip properties before flipping was a thing. Um, we had a we had a system in our family to get that done because my grandfather owned the bank, his brother owned the realty company. We would help these families that we knew were in a situation that they have to liquidate something because someone passed, or if they were staying in the house or they needed downsize or whatever that looked like. That's what we were doing as a family long before HGTV was a thing, you know? So that's how we moved. So it's like your upbringing just, it prepared you for everything that you do now between yard sale diva, which you were doing, but all the do it yourself, lifestyle tips, everything that's just inside you. That's just living in you. It really is. And I'm grateful to do it. And honestly, I fought it for so long. I fought for so long. I never wanted to be an actress. Um, every time I've ever booked anything for work, uh, acting wise, I've, every time I've gone in for anything for acting, I've booked it, which is so bizarre because I don't, <laughs> I don't care to act. Yeah. I think genuinely, right. I don't mean, yeah, I'm never disrespectful. I'm always grateful to work, but I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I enjoy being me. I don't like saying words that come out of other people's mouths. So I think anytime I really book anything, it's usually cause it's like me adjacent. Yeah. And, um, and for me, I used to fight this like, oh, I don't want to go on TV and be me. And then I was like, well, what the hell's so wrong with me? I do know what I'm doing. This is what I love to do. And I love to host too. Don't get me wrong. Like I loved working at Game Show Network. They were amazing. Um, And I got to be me and, you know, really connect with the audience and some of the sweetest fans in the whole wide world, darling people that just there's a connection and people, you and I both know people can sniff out in three seconds when you're not authentic. They know. Yeah, they know. They know. And that's in anything. And I think being able to flex my muscle and design and lifestyle and what my life goal has been for a really long time. A lot of people are like, well, why'd you move to LA? Well, I wanted to be on TV to make people laugh. But I've always said since I was really young that I want to help people live better because I would see how some people were living when we go in after someone passed away. You know, we'd see people at their worst. Truly, I mean, grief, there's nothing worse than grief, right? And so we would see people at their absolute bottom, true rock bottom. And all I'd think about was, man, if you could only get somebody to the other side of that. But I didn't have the skills. You know, I was good night. I'd be, well, I started going on death calls when I was 10 years old. 
So I Wait, like, what is a death call? Well, someone passes away. My uncle's a coroner and we got to go pick up the body. Well, they used me, which was brilliant. My family was brilliant. At it. They'd bring me um, in to like love on the family so they could take the family member out and have them distracted by needing to tend to me. Oh my God. So they'd be like, we brought Trish. And I'm like, did you need something to eat, darling? Are you? I'm like, I'd love a cookie. Thank you so much. Like, and I'd be like, y'all need help with dishes? Because I've always been a cleaner. And, I, and they'd be like, oh, how sweet is she? She's 10 years old and on a step stool doing a dish. And so people would be like, she is darling. Or they'd be like, I can't believe how you big you've gotten because our town's so small. They all really kind of knew who I was. And yeah. so it was this weird, like I started realizing very young the power of what it meant to just be there for people. And then, you know, Evolution TV, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. And when Clean House came along, which was the show I was on for almost a decade, and that show um, was this natural, like, you know, it was a God thing. There's a good idea and a God idea. And it was a God thing. Like that show couldn't have come along at a time. I was actually, I left to go on the road. I tested for that show the morning I left to go do a three month tour of expat clubs in Spain to do comedy what? and true story uh, with Paul Provenza. Remember magical Paul Provenza who's brilliant. Oh, yes. I was, yeah. We, I was featuring for him. I did um, a military tour and we did a bunch of places in Spain too. That's so crazy. I love me some Spain. I've done, uh, we'll have to discuss oh. military tours. Cause I did some nasty, nasty places. Great stories uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq. Oh mm. my goodness. Yeah. We'll have that conversation. That was fun. Oh my gosh. Do you know Butch Bradley? He's a Jersey sweetheart. Do you know sweet yeah. Butch Bradley? I don't oh my know. Gosh. I know the name. You have to have him on, girl. He's hilarious. Oh, well, <laughs> oh my gosh. We all need to go do his club in Vegas. He's in Vegas. We need to go do that when the world's back together. Uh, Butchie and I, my sweet Butch is like my brother. He's like my big, crazy Irish brother from Atlantic City. Butch and I, I'll tell you in the story in a minute, but remind me, he and I met Went to the Middle East together for three weeks, but had never met till we met at the gate at, L- at LAX to fly to Germany to then go. I mean, think about that. Oh, that's I, what we did. I mean, that's how I met Jill Kimmel, Nick Novicki, Johnny Carnelli, everyone on the tour. We all just met at the gates at LAX. Isn't that insane to think that you're about to be with these people? It's insane. <laughs> I was like, am I literally in a war zone? Am I in a war zone? with I, I, The whole time I kept going, God has put me in a war zone with somebody I met 72 hours ago. What is, what's happening? Like, it was crazy mess. Well, we'll have that conversation. Um, and that was that first tour I went on was 2005. And then I went on a few after that. But um, yeah, I, I went to audition for Clean House. I tested for it with, um, do you know Jill Michelle Millon? You know Jill Michelle? Yeah. She and I tested for Clean House the same morning together. And I was like, I, I tested. And I was like, y'all, I got to go. I've got a flight at 3.30 at LAX. So did y'all get everything from me? And uh, did a test. And I knew I couldn't have done a better job. That's how I love to leave an audition. I, I always like to walk out going, well, I couldn't have done better than that. And at that point, I always tell myself, it's height and hair color. Like at that moment, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm already good enough. They just either want a blonde that's five two, or they want a five ten, you know, brunette that's got green eyes. Like it's not about my skill at yeah. that point. It's about the look and does it fit? And I let it go. And it took me a long time to get to the height and hair color in my life. But at that point, you don't ever have to worry about it being you, because uh, everybody's gonna find something wrong. Somebody's gonna like your accent. Somebody's gonna love it. Somebody's, gonna, you know, all that. Who cares? You wouldn't yeah. be there if you weren't good enough. That's what I learned a long time ago. I love that. I feel like any actor listening to this right now needs to like, <laughs> tattoo that on somewhere. Like, 
Yeah. You wouldn't be there if you weren't good enough. That's, That's great. Tr- right. It's the truth. You, do you, when you realize that Hollywood in general, think about this, you guys, Hollywood in general has a 1% success rate. We chose a career all the way across the board. The entertainment business has a 1% success rate that you're working in it paid at any level at all. You are already succeeding. There are so many people shoulda, woulda, coulding in the rest of the world. Do not quit. I promise you it will show up. It's a numbers game. It will show up. It will. I love that so much. You're brilliant. Um, did you start in New York or LA? Did you go I straight to LA? I started in LA. I started in LA. Yeah, I tested for, um, this is when I knew. I got, I was very grateful. So the cast uh, after the Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry years of uh, Saturday Night Live, I used to always think because I was obsessed with Gilda Radner, like obsessed on Saturday Night Live. I would watch like old VHS of Gilda Radner on the early Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. And thought she was one of the most brilliant sketch actresses. Of, like, I thought she was brilliant. Like, that's what I wanted to do. And then I got on stage because I came from improv. I went to Arizona State, did uh, did sketch in Arizona, came out to California, all because an entertainment lawyer, true story, an entertainment lawyer and his girlfriend were on vacation in Scottsdale and walked into the improv show that we did in Scottsdale, like in, in old Scottsdale at the time. We're in this little like you know, gorgeous area that was precious, very charming of yeah. old Scottsdale. And they walked in just because our air conditioning was like ice cold. And they were like, it's hot as all get out. We're going to come in and watch a show and get cool. And they came up to me after the show and they're like, you are one of the fastest thinking bebop boat people ever. If you come to LA, like if you decide to move to LA, you need to. And I was like, oh, I'll move there eventually. And they're like, no, but we want you to know that, you know, you just call us and we'll take care of you. And I was like, mm, yeah, okay, whatever. Y'all are weird. You might be swingers. You know, you start thinking I was crazy mess. You're like, I'm like, I'm this little girl from a tiny town in Kentucky. And I'm like, okay, sure. This happens. And, um, and back in the day, y'all, I'm about to show how cool I was. I used to open planet Hollywoods. Yeah. I'm not trying to brag, but I was a Stop. trainer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was a corporate trainer for planet Hollywood when I was in college and they opened up a Beverly Hills location, which if you have any L.A. listeners, it is uh, right. I think Burberry's there now if it hasn't closed. So it was right on like where um, Barney's was. Well, Barney's closed. So uh, it's right there on like by, by uh, the region of Beverly Hills, right there. Oh, by the Pretty Woman Hotel. By the Pretty Woman Hotel, y'all. So I, that's where they opened the Planet Hollywood. And I was like, oh, OK, well, I'll move out there to work at that Planet Hollywood. And then I ended up staying. And I called that entertainment lawyer thinking, mm, okay. And come to find out he's one of the biggest entertainment lawyers in all of, like the business period, East coast, West coast, that matter. They were huge. And they were the sweet little, like unassuming, lovely couple. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, wait, what? Like, okay. And he's been a mentor and a friend ever since. But if I did something crazy, mess, and you're not doing that. Like, no, that doesn't sound right. You aren't doing that. It was very good about just educating me on the business. And I fell in love with the business of television, which made me love what I did more because I loved how it moved. And I got real educated on how it moved so that I was less invested personally. Like it was a personal attack on me and looked at how the business was. And I'm so grateful that I got educated that way because Lord God, I'd probably been in the fetal position in the corner, rocking, eating warm yogurt. If I took half the things said to me, to heart, you know, you're crazy. I probably have lost five years taking things personally here. <laughs> like that's oh, 
incredible. Oh, I used to, you girl, I used to leave a tape recorder. Tiffany Haddish had said she'd done it too. And I said, oh my God, I did the same thing. I was like, Tiff, did I ever tell you that over the years? I used to leave, before we had cell phones, I would leave tape recorders on in my purse because I used to always record myself on stage so I could hear what I said afterwards. Because, you know, sometimes on stage, you feel like you just had an out-of-body experience. You don't remember something you say that's hilarious. And you're like, I don't know what I said. So anytime I had an audition, I would take it in and record it so I could hear what I said in the audition. Well, I would always leave my purse, leave and come back five minutes after to hear what they really said about me. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Always. That. Every, every time. I'd leave it every time. I would wait till the next girl went in. I'd give it, I'd give it like 10 seconds for her to walk in the room and I'd go, oh, I'm so sorry. I left my bag. And they're like, oh, no, that's fine. Thank you. Either way, good or bad. I mean, I've heard casting directors fight for me in rooms. It was really nice to learn how much it wasn't about me. That's awesome. And that's why I started doing it. Cause ironically, the, the, my mentor, the, the entertainment lawyer was the one that told me to do it. That <laughs> is so like, brilliant. Everyone listening, you have to do that. If you're an actress, everyone's yeah, just going to be leaving purses. I mean, will we get to audition in person again? Who knows? Girl, it's going to all be the big, how's your new show from your dining room table? Amazing. Yeah. I am. I have never been more grateful for set designers, production people, you know, just every aspect of production that we do not have in our homes. It's insane. (laughs) Insane. I am so grateful for audiences and laugh tracks because- Isn't it amazing? Oh my gosh. It's insane. Well, and and for me, I've always been, I love interaction. The best part of doing makeover and design over the years- not only is obviously giving people a space they didn't know was possible or didn't dream that big for themselves. That's always been my like number one thing that I can see for you, which you don't realize you deserve. Like a lot of people may think some lofty thing, but they don't know how to execute the thing that they're worth. And I love doing that. I absolutely love it. And I love making people laugh along the way because Lord God, none of us are getting out alive. Right. So might as well have fun while we're here. And (laughs) I love, I love that. But I miss when people really, just turn to you because they don't have the words and they hug the crap out of you. And they're like, you get me. And I'm like, I get you. You know, it's like that. I miss those moments in TV that we get to connect, that we get to, and, and as an audience in comedy, I love looking somebody in the eye. I love hearing a room full of laughter and knowing for 20, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes that I made you stop thinking about the crazy mess in your day. And we all went on one big ride together. That's the best feeling in the whole wide world that collectively we all got on the same page. And that's why we do it. I mean, that's why I got into it. I mean, I always say my grandmother, when she was battling cancer in the hospital, the only thing that made her happy was Robin Williams stand up and Mork and Mindy. Ah, Yeah. And like, that's why we do comedy to spread laughter and joy and to make you forget about the shit that you're going through in the moment. Yes, and I think a lot of people, you know, I'm sure people do it for different reasons. You and I, I, I'm going to say we're the good guys, right? We're the ones that really do it for those reasons, which I, you hope most comics do. Some people do it for attention. Some people do it because they were the kid that didn't ever get any attention at home. Some people do it because they're angry Smurf and they want to go out and carry on and, you know, spread some venom. Good for you. Whatever makes you, you know, get up. Because no matter what, no matter what, comedy takes courage. No matter, no matter what version you're getting on stage with. It took the courage to get up there. 
It just really did. So I applaud anybody that's getting up there. But I love that you also embrace that there's something really powerful about making people just just go on that ride with you and feel good and 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 just forget about whatever the heck their crap is, you know? Oh, totally. It's funny. I've talked to a lot of comics during quarantine and I feel like there's two sides to it. And I just want to know where you've been through this entire like lockdown experience. Some comics have said, I don't feel motivated. I can't write anything funny. I just don't feel like doing anything. And I'm just kind of just self-caring and containing and that's it. And other comics are like, oh my God, I have notebooks full of material and just all the crazy stuff that's happened over the past month and a half. I just wanted to know how you were doing with all of that. Uh, You know, for me with comedy, it's been really interesting. I I lean towards like, I'll just write down or I'm always just uh, a premise line. I've not like comics that write full jokes. I sit in awe and envy of, I really do because I've, I've, I'm not that right. It's a, it's a gift. It's a real gift. Like one of my one-liner comic. No, no. Well, we're storytellers. We're storytellers, and telling a real story is so hard to do, and to do it well, and to learn to trim the fat on it, and then have the have the you know truly have the balls to look at your own story and go, well, there's a whole lot of damn fat on this. I mean, you lay yourself out in a big way. Not that true comedians, and I always say it. a, a real person, a real comic that can write a joke. That is such an art form. It's so beautiful. I don't have that gift. One of my dearest friends, her name's Karen Mills, Karen Mills comedy. Listen to her on Instagram. She's a clean comic, does a lot of corporate speaking. It makes a very good living corporate speaking. And she can craft a joke like literally like an assassin, like a chef can make a, a Michelin rated meal. She does it effortlessly. It's amazing. I can call her like, I've got this story. And she'll be like, trim this, trim this, trim this is the button. And I'm like, Huh? What? Where my other dear girlfriend, we all tour together. Her name's Leanne Morgan. If y'all don't know Leanne, get to know her. Leanne Morgan is Southern Amama and just crazy mess, crazy mess. And she's brilliant. But Leanne and I are the same. She'll call me and she'll go, and her accent makes mine sound like it's non-existent. And I'm going to do her voice for you. And when y'all go follow her, you're going to go, oh my gosh. I'm pretty proud of my Leanne impression. But Leanne will call me. This was just two days ago, by the way. She goes, oh, Trish, I am in the bed watching reruns of Real Housewives of, I don't even, I think it's Jersey. And I have eaten half of a Jello mode by myself. And these beagles are up my butt, snuggled to me. And I don't know if I am going to make it through this crisis. Now, mind you, right when this about started, you guys, truly she had our dream sequence jack she was about to start live nation outback was doing her tour she was doing huge venues her summer was like your dream sequence like one click under a chelsea handler Uh, amy schumer like they had just announced her ridiculous tour and she and i've worked together for a decade and she's brilliant y'all but she called me and she goes trish I mean, who wants their career to launch in a pandemic? (laughs) I was like, I freaking love you, though. I was like, and she's brilliant. And go on and listen to her. She's hilarious. But I love how honest she is and how she's like, but she's us. She's a storyteller and she's just naturally funny. Yeah. And that's somebody that you respect and love. And she owns where she has to trim her fat, too. And I think that that's pretty powerful. Really powerful, really. That you go, shoot, am I funny right now? Or is this just life, right? 
Oh gosh, yes. Every day I'm asking myself. What's been, what have you been? What's what area have you been in in the categories? Are you self-care not motivated or books full of material? Um, it's funny. Before you brought up like kind of resisting going into the direction of designing and like doing stuff like that. And I feel like for me I was resisting going in the direction of like teaching classes and dancing and doing all that. And I feel like this quarantine is really brought that out for me, if that makes and, sense. Yes. And by the way, you've been very inspirational to me too. I, mean, I can watch and I'll go, okay, I'm so proud of her. I've got to get my act together. But don't you understand though, this is what's amazing. Like no one ever tells JLo, oh girl, you can't go do that music and be in a movie. Like, why do we put ourselves in a box? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I've never once heard anybody go, that dang JLo, she better stay in her lane. No, <laughs> no. Exactly. Like, so I just invite us to maybe cut ourselves some slack. You can still be hilarious and yeah. at the same time still be this amazing force to be reckoned with in dance and fitness. I mean, that's yeah. that in itself is not an easy task. And I've had to do that with, you know, I've always downplayed my design, my gift in design organization and really logistics. I specialize in what it really looks like to give people function, what you actually need in your life and how to make it work. That's what I do. And people are like, well, you don't post that all the time. I'm like, I know, I know this sounds completely arrogant, but I'm just going to own it. It's because I'm actually doing it all the time. I legitimately don't have the time. I'm going to have to actually hire a team now because I physically don't have the time. That's that's amazing though. That means you're successful. And this is so amazing that you brought it up because so many people wrote in questions and they wanted to know during this time, what can we do around the house? Like your top three tips for either decluttering, just something we can do while we're home and stuck here. Okay. This is so good. Here's the first, the first thing I'd tell everybody is do the thing that you put off the most. Do the thing in life. If it is your garage, that's a holy buttery mess that you're like, I can't, I'm going to just look at it and I'm going to put that garage door back down. Or if it is your closet that you look at and are like, how did we get to here? Like whatever the thing, be honest with yourself and look at the thing you put off the most. It could be that your refrigerator is nasty and you haven't cleaned it out and you've got stuff in there that expired four years ago. Whatever it is. I don't Or maybe you're so put together that you're like, okay. The thing I could do to organize around here is to decide what furniture I'm going to sell or, you know, what I can give away when this is over, right? Like to make room for the next thing you need in your life. Because I firmly believe if you don't make space in your life for whatever the thing is you say you really want, it will not show up. If you want uh, a relationship and your bedroom is a hot buttery mess, who the hell wants to get sexy in there? Not you. Nobody (laughs) does. So go in there. That's the thing you've been putting off. Go in get on Amazon, order you some new sheets. I'm not saying you had to do a 10, 30,000, whatever dollar makeover, spend a gorgeous Bed Bath & Beyond coupon and get you a new sheet set. Like do the thing that you tell yourself, oh, if I had this, I'd be dialed in. Okay. Well, what is that? Do you want to lose weight? Well, nobody feels good when your closet's a nasty mess. You'll feel like you lost 30 pounds. Just clean up the closet. You really will. You'll feel like a human. So I always say, do the thing that you avoid the most. That That's number one, number, number one. And if it's something that you're like, okay, that feels overwhelming. It's too much, Trish. Then tackle the smallest thing that drives you nuts. A bookshelf, a drunk drawer. Maybe it's literally the weird crisper drawer or like maybe that weird drawer that you keep all the weird 
extra mild packets from Taco Bell from in the top of your shelf that fall out and hit you in the head. You know who you are. Um, that, <laughs> For like, me, it's ranch packets from like Domino's. See, but you get, you know what I'm screaming. Everybody's got the thing. Just Lord God, throw out the ones that are crusty and put the rest in a Ziploc bag. So they're not floating free in a cabinet. Right. I'm yeah. not saying you have to go out and spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to get your act together. I'm saying do the things clean as free, clean as free, clean as free. <laughs> all, it takes, all it takes is literal elbow grease. So that's what I, if you can just lighten the load in the easy spaces. Oh girl. Simple, simple, easy breezy. That's so amazing. I also wanted to know what sites you recommended if we wanted to like order stuff to decorate with during this time. Yes. Has anyone been really good with you? I know I've been ordering from Amazon and that's been great, but I yes, I'll tell you, everybody's having sales right now, you guys, because it's tough for everybody. So note that note that everybody has big sales on your what's coming up next. We've got Labor Day. They will start those sales really. Or I'm sorry, Memorial Day. Memorial. We've, we've got Memorial Day, so they'll start those sales earlier because obviously some people financially are not in a place to go out and be like, let's get brand new patio furniture. So if you, let's say, let's say, right. You're like, you know what? I do want to spruce up my patio. Cause since this is over. I do want to have friends over then go and follow, like go sign up for world market or West Elm or Crate and Barrel or CB2 sign up for their newsletter. So that a, you get that 10% off coupon. Yep. From signing up. And then B, if you've already joined it, then start another dang email so that you still get the 10% off coupon. Don't think I have a bunch of fake emails to get my coupons. I sure do. Uh, Always, always y'all. And here's another pro tip. And I'm not making a dollar off this. This is true. A lot of people don't think about this bed, bath and beyond. Um, truthfully, if you go on Bed Bath & Beyond, and they have an app too, you guys, Bed Bath & Beyond, they have, uh, you pay 30 bucks, it's twenty nine ninety nine for the year, and you get free shipping, free shipping all for the year, and you can use the 20% coupon every time you shop on your whole purchase. What are y'all waiting for? Wow. You know, because there's that, that way you don't feel like all my crap's coming from Amazon, because sometimes with Amazon, it's hit or miss, we all know. Oh, um yeah. It's really, it really is. I love an all modern moment, all modern Wayfair and Hayneedle, all the same company, you guys. So get those apps. I have a little, like, you know, I organize, I don't know if y'all do, but I organize my apps on my phone. So I have one that's just shopping and I have all my shopping apps in one place and they'll send you notifications if there's a flash sale. So they, if you, as you were looking at patio furniture, you'll get the like, Hey girl. <laughs> and they, by the way, Target started, Target's getting a little too comfortable with me. They're sending me little like notifications that say, Hey girl, it's BOGO on sundresses. I'm like, Hey girl, do I need, you know, toilet paper before I need another sundress. So <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Target, y'all are getting a little fresh, but I love a gorgeous Target jumpsuit. So don't, don't think I'm not telling y'all to get that, but uh, just get the apps and sign up so that if it is something that you're looking for, be, I don't buy anything unless it's on sale. Never have, never will. So keep in mind on that. There's also, if you guys are getting rid of clothes, which I love this site, it's called, and I, none of this, none of this is sponsored mess. I'm just telling you stuff that I know that works for me. It's a company called Thread, T, like I think it's T-H-R-E-D, Thread Up. Look at them. They, they are amazing. So what they do is they send you a bag and you can get rid of clothes and they will consign the stuff you want consigned. You don't have to go lift a finger like Poshmark where you turn into the storefront. Yeah. This, you just send it and they'll tell you the guidelines of like the kind of stuff they sell or they'll consign it for you. So you don't even have to go to a Goodwill. So if you just want stuff out of the house, 
either way, they'll just send you the bag. You know, right now we really can't drop stuff off at Salvation Army and stuff like that. Like, I love Marie Kondo and tidying up. I think she's darling. She doesn't even seem real. She looks like a precious little doll. She's so dar- darling. I don't, y'all don't, you don't think, she, I don't think she's real either. And I'm like, did you get on the floor and thank the house? I've got to be nicer to my house. She's darling. So I'm not saying it's a hateful thing about her, but what is hard for me to digest as Americans is we as Americans have, a, a, a we love our stuff. We love our stuff. That's the reason we have all the stuff, bigger houses to put our stuff. Um, I know in this day and age, we're all spatially challenged, but I am a big fan. If, if you have something, try to make it make you money first before you just offload it, before you just cast it aside. And I know sometimes people are like, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have this. But you guys, in this day and age of uploading stuff and just seeing well, who can buy something, there's a lot of people that are going to be in need after this that maybe can't afford to go out and get the thing that you're ready to give up. You also have to think that you're actually helping people out. And that's a hand up, not a handout. And that's a really great place to be. Because even if it was $20, it's more than the $20. You know, you didn't have that before. So I always invite people to just think a little bit differently about getting things, getting rid of things, because you need to make room for the new, but you don't just, don't just chuck it. Think about what that looks like. And I'm not trying to be crunchy, like go be sustainable, but go be sustainable. (laughs) You know, think, think about like, do I have a girlfriend that's been talking about this or throw it to your friend group, do a group text and be like, you know, Hey, this is the stuff I'm looking to downsize. Cause I just organized the house. Does anybody want anything before I put it out for other people? You know, let me know. Let me know a price you're willing for. Or if you set prices for stuff, go for it. But you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked how many friends are like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking I needed to go get this. Yes, girl, I'll take that off your hands for a big bop boot. And, and take the time to do that because you really will be shocked at what you find from each other. And and it's so easy. It doesn't take for a second. Good night. You don't have to leave your sofa half the time. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. And I know it just seems intimidating until you start doing it. You just have to do it. You really do. You really, really do. And and I know that we all want, I mean, who doesn't love something new? I know I do. I don't care if it's vintage new. I still love something new. Yeah. You don't, my rule in life is for everything you bring in the house, two things have to go. They don't have to be like for like. Like if I brought in a new dress, it doesn't mean two dresses go. It can mean I got rid of a pair of shoes and a weird side table left my living room that I've cut off, you know, like whatever that is. But it has made me more mindful when I spend money because girl, I love a gorgeous late night glass of wine and some online shopping. I'll be the first chick to tell you the truth. Love it. Now I but know I, what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> you know what? I, so when I go on and I'm like, okay, this dress is my, me. It's my everything. And I stop down and I go, oh, okay. What's going? And I... I just got rid of two darling puffer vests that my cousin had been coveting. And I said, girl, I'm sending these to you. And she goes, oh my gosh, I love these. Cause she lives in a colder climate than we do. Yeah. And I said, I'm sending you these. And she was great. And then I was like, wonderful. Put those in a FedEx, beep, beep. And I ordered my two sundresses. So it's that kind of stuff, no matter what it is, it just helps you be more mindful. And I'm not saying do that for like toilet paper and paper towels. Don't y'all take me so literal. I mean, like <laughs> when you're, Cause some people are like, well, what about salad dressing? I'm like, stop, knock it off. <laughs> it's, it's, if you're going to get a piece of wall art, if you're getting rid of a piece of wall art, then go, okay, what else can go? Is it a weird belt that I haven't used? Or maybe it's a blender that I it's literally never left the box. Cause I don't use a ninja, whatever it is. Oh, Just, I have a whole you, cabinet of stuff that I probably have never used that I should get rid of. Yeah. And even ask, you don't know, I promise y'all, you don't know what friend, who out there is like, oh, shoot, you know, like, 
hey, I, I could really use a, I don't know, a, a food processor. And you're like, girl, I got one here. It's literally in the box. Great. Now you freed yourself up to go do something great. And they might go, I'll pay you at 25 for it. You're like, great. Okay, wonderful. So it's great stuff you didn't have. Oh my God. I love it. Um, okay. We could talk for hours. Oh my I, gosh. We've been on for an hour and five minutes, Jackie. I'm so no. I, um, I normally do a section called just enough and it's just enough sports. So anyone could talk sports for the week, but let's, let's be honest guys. There's not much going on with sports. I love sports though. I do too. So I want to know, have you been watching the last dance? Okay. Um, I just love that you said that. So my, Happy birthday to my uncle Brendan, yet another Jersey resident. Today is his birthday. I know this is probably a good little happy birthday. My uncle Brendan has been a coach in the NBA my entire life. What? Uh, assistant. I'm sorry, assistant coach. He was under Chuck Daly. So we can go all the way back. If you haven't watched that 30 for 30, oh my gosh, go watch the Bad Boys 30 for 30, you guys, about oh. the rise of the Detroit Pistons. My uncle's I in that one. I didn't know anything about them until I started watching The Last Dance. Wait, your uncle's in that 30 for 30? He sure is. I actually think he's in The Last Dance, too, because he, my uncle Brendan, was very, very close, still is, with Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas was the one that called my uncle at, like, whatever night of the NBA playoffs or series, of the finals, and said, called my uncle in his hotel room, wherever they were. I think they're probably in Chicago at, like, 2 in the morning and goes, I figured out how to bait Michael. I figured it out. My uncle, if you watch the the Bad Boys 30 for 30, he does the, I mean, it's a gorgeous sound bite because it's beautiful, but it was true. And uh, my uncle's a very logistic, I know it runs in our family. He loves the logistics of, of basketball and, and he's a brilliant mind of basketball. And uh, he has a whole podcast called Coaching You Live. He's great, very talented. Brendan Sir, go listen to him. But we, he and I just had a great conversation about that. And he's like, he calls me, he calls me T. He goes, T, you've got to go. He goes, you've got to go watch Last Dance. He goes, because you'll love, he goes, you'll just love the, the like business behind it. You'll love this, the movement behind it. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll go watch. He goes, it's just, he goes, you'll love it. it. I love that level of sport. Like I love all the inside baseball stuff. Uh, Have you I, been watching it? Is it amazing? Oh, uh, wait, so you haven't seen it. Oh, Trish. I mean, set aside a good five hours and just watch it all the way through. Watch all the episodes. That, I think there's been Done. five. And okay. We even started. So the last two episodes focused a lot on like Dennis Rodman. And I didn't know that much about him besides that he dated Carmen Electra, to be honest. I love you. <laughs> uh yeah and I was like uh we need to watch the 30 for 30 and then like mind blown again because then you get invested into like his life story and his come up oh it's it's so good you guys please watch the bad boys after you watch last dance it's uh, only an hour I think but you fall in love with Dennis Rodman so hard so hard (laughs) it's you realize that who he it's an unbelievable fact that who he even became who he was and that anybody poured into him and invested in him as a human. And it's so beautiful. I think if you can watch bad boys, cause it's only an hour. Uh, maybe if you're, you know, already covered all your episodes of last dance, which I'll now do last dance. It's yeah. they, cause there's kind of really intermingled. It's such a part of Michael's story. Um, because the bulls rose right after those two back-to-back championships with Detroit. It was, you know, Detroit only had two really good years before they dismantled the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could talk nauseam baseball mess. I'm sorry, basketball mess. I could talk baseball too. I'm a nutty Dodger fan, like nutty. 
Nutty Nutty. Season ticket holder Nutty Nutty. I love that. I mean, this it must be killing you right now. This is prime time. Like, we would be going to Dodgers games. Like, this oh, is something, if you yeah. live in Los Angeles, this is rite of passage. This is what you do now. No, I, I have been a Dodger fan. My ex-husband and I, that's part of the joys of a divorce. We share our season tickets, <laughs> um, oh but because they're great seats. And I was like, my God, no, you can keep my house, but you're not taking my Dodger <laughs> Priorities, people. Life. Yeah, pr- priorities. So it has been really, really rough because we do, we love, I love the Dodgers. I, I think baseball is such an amazing, it's chess with human beings. It's such a smart, smart sport. And I, I love it. I used to do a podcast forever with my very dear girlfriend, Erin Foley, who still continues it called Sports Without Balls. And um, we geek that. out on levels of nauseam about how much we love sports. And uh, I just, I do, anytime you want to talk sports, you beauty, I can do it till I'm blind. I love it, love it, love it. Oh, girl, once everything's back in action, we're definitely just going to have a whole sports episode to just verbal diarrhea, everything we've been holding in for the past Oh, I can't wait. I'm your girl. I am your girl. Same. No, it's something that I miss. I know every man in my life misses it so much. I mean, I was FaceTiming with my brother and the draft was starting the NFL draft. And he was just like, I could tell like his head was about to pop off. He was like, I got to go like, stop girl. (laughs) My brother was like, my brother has three little boys under the age of six. And he was like, he goes, Trish, I've got a two hour window to watch this. You thought it was the Oscars. I was like, what? He's like, I got to go. I was like, why is there a red carpet? He's like, shut up. I've got it. I was like, okay, okay. But he's like, I mean, I can't be in a war zone hurting people for our country. I got to watch some football draft. I was like, okay, love you. Adios. It was, I agree. It's like, it's this crazy time where everybody's so just, just completely devoid of any sports love. The other day I caught myself watching. I don't know if y'all remember this. It was a couple weeks ago. They were literally replaying the 2010 NBA finals against the Celtics and the Lakers on ABC at five o'clock. I was like, Wow, we are hurting so hard that they have played a game from 10 years ago because it was Kobe's last final. And they played it, and I'm bawling. I'm crying. I know what happened. I'm crying, seeing it crying for Kobe, crying for Vanessa, crying because the girls, because he only had two of the girls. The other two weren't born. And I am bawling and wailing and gnashing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss him so much. I was like, 20, 20 can take it and shove it up its butt. We're not even into May. (laughs) Australia's lit on fire. Kobe's gone. I mean, we've lived in a pandemic. I'm never, ever going to say what else we can't, but y'all we're good. We're caught up till at least 2030. (laughs) Like we're good universe. We're sorry for whatever we did. (laughs) Whatever karmic wrongs we've done, we're going to write that ship right now, sis. Oh, gosh. Well, I want to know, and then we will say goodbye. I want to know what you want in the future, because it sounds like everything you've manifested for your life, you've put out there. So I want to know what Trish wants to put out there for the next, like, Uh, five years. Oh, my gosh, five years. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a great question. I want, um, uh, you know, I'm in in love with love, so I want to get remarried, because... I shouldn't say remarried, find just a partner that I love. It's just fun that likes doing life. That's, that's a good one. Somebody do life with. 
on dating apps during this whole thing or no? No, I actually, I met an awesome person. I refused a dating app. So I, you know, life happens, organic stuff happened pre-COVID and I met an awesome human and he's awesome. So I'll report back, but um, he's fairly awesome. Thank you. He's fairly awesome. So we hope that all works out. Thank God the Lord has spared me from dating apps. I live vicariously through my friends that are on them. And I'm like, this is hot buttery mess. Thank you, God, for sparing me. Hot buttery mess. I mean, I actually feel like I feel like that might be another gift of mine. I want to open up a branding firm that helps people fix their pages. I don't mean like put up fake mess. I mean, just put up stuff that if you really want a chance in this life, this is not the crap you need to be putting out into the world. Right. I mean, there has been some hot buttery messes on there, everybody, male and female. But I'm like, y'all, you got to step into your worth. I'm fairly sure this isn't it. But there's that. Okay, back to what, what I want for five years. I would like to have um, at least uh, one, if not two, successful shows back on in the you know makeover space and in the home space uh, and organizing, moving, cleaning. I think we all need it. They don't speak to that. You know, not everybody is lucky enough to own a home they can knock down a bunch of walls in. So I think we need to do things for everybody that are more attainable. And um, I'm not saying a bunch of how-to crap, but like stuff that you're like, oh my gosh, I can do that tomorrow. That's great. Yep, thanks. Like I want that. I want to do the things that people go, okay, that's aspirational and I can afford that. So that's where I want to get get uh, in the TV space. And then I want to have my personal design firm up and running, you know, kind of on its own and being able to, hire some really, really talented designers out there to work with me to kind of keep pushing what I love to do for people. So that that's number two. And then own a bunch of homes. I want to own a bunch of homes in Airbnb because I like to share my spaces. So that'll, that'll be the next. So it'll all just kind of fall into that lovely, I keep, and have a podcast. I want a podcast. I when know. I, I feel like you're on, I love you on Sabrina's podcast. Oh, thank you. Sabrina's is great. You guys, it's called redesigning life. She's my very best friend, Sabrina Soto. Listen to it. We have so much fun together. Um, I just started to finish all the artwork for mine and it just got the team together to do mine. I'll probably call you for some advice if you don't mind. Yes. Uh, I just haven't had genuinely, I don't mean that like I haven't had the time. You, anything you want to do, you can make a priority. So I don't mean to sit here. But yes, I was really scared to do it. So I now I'm like, what am I scared of? Good gosh. So now I'm just stepping into doing that. So my podcast will be called Yes, Sir. (laughs) Oh, that's such a good play on words. Look at you just punning it up. Girl, I love a gorgeous pun. But doing (laughs) that and and honestly helping everybody that I can in the way I know how to do be the best version of them. That's really what that looks like uh, in in the way I know how to do it, in my gift set, in my skill set. So wait, I want to know yours. Jacqueline, hit me with your five. I want your five-year speaking into existence. Get it, girl. Oh my goodness. Oh God, five years. I want to be, I want to be touring. I know that sounds weird right now. I don't know what, what capacity that could touring and dance, touring and touring and comedy, touring and I, comedy and dance. For me, like I love doing stand up, but I feel like I'm more I'm an entertainer if it was gonna be like a whole show for myself where yes. I have you know, I do have my stand up, I do have stories, but I wanna add um a performance element to it. I actually I was supposed to on Earth Day be premiering a show um at where they're doing Rock of Ages, the Broadway yes. musical. 
Well, in LA, I was supposed to be premiering in that space a show with a band called Pullman Standard, and it was going to be a band with stand-up comedians. I would have asked you to be on it 100%. I would do it in a heartbeat for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it would just be, it would be fun because I feel like every stand-up, and different from the goddamn comedy jam, but every stand-up does have other, you know, talents. Um, yes. And so, and people love singing and dancing and all that. So I guess either touring or to be perfectly honest, the reason why guys, I want to say everything happens in threes. And this was, uh, Trish and I, our third shot at trying to record this podcast. <laughs> uh, three times a charm. And I, I had to cancel last time because I had to fly to New York to audition for a Broadway show. And Broadway is something that I've always dreamed of and having a family from the East Coast, like New York has always been number one for me. I can't believe I've lived in LA for over 10 years now. So I guess- I'm so proud of you. Now you're a true LA native. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it would definitely be to be performing in a theater on stage in New York and, you know, I guess getting married, that would be a thing. Um, I, I feel like- Well, let me ask, because I've learned now after being married for a decade and now divorced- yeah. Um, yeah. What? Because I've learned to, you know, be as specific as you can. What about marriage? Like for me, it's I want that partner that wants to like be my champion. I got married because I've made that a goal. Yeah. And he was an amazing person. He was not my person, right? Like I'm not saying that hateful. I'm saying it like, hey, I absolutely dug this guy. We just weren't the best for each other. We weren't the thing that made each other excel. So what about marriage for you is the thing you want? What do you want out of marriage? For me, I think I want that. <laughs> I want to be able to just be with someone like no matter what. Um, like yeah. They can't say goodbye to me. Um, no. Girl, I, I hear me, that. <laughs> my boyfriend and I have talked about it and he feels like he doesn't see getting married until you're ready to have kids, if that makes sense. And I feel like now, even though I have all this other stuff I want to do, it's kind of like Fisher cut bait in that department because I'm yeah. getting any younger. And also I love his family. I love my family. And I just, I feel like I want us to all be a family. And I feel like, I mean, we've been living together for a while now, so it almost feels that way, but that we are <laughs> technically married. Yeah. But there is just something to that where I feel like it, yes, I'm like you, I'm Italian Catholic. There is something to it. Um, so yeah, I just, I want that next step. Um, well, um, here's my marriage advice. You didn't ask, but I'm going to give it. I want um, it. Here's what I know for sure. That um, there's, there's, I've, I'm quoting this particular line and then I'm going to, this is from a very famous um, speaker named Andy Stanley. He was always like, you need to be invested in the promise, not the party. And with marriage, there's such an event around it, meaning the actual wedding. And we all, I mean, my wedding, my first wedding, I will, it will always, I'll go down in history. Even my ex and I, when we were signing our divorce papers, we were both like, our wedding was one of the greatest events of our lives. As a truth, yeah. my, my, my wedding to my first husband was the, we, it was a ball. It was a damn ball. I'll say it to the end of days because I would have never signed up for him if I didn't think it wasn't going to be anything less. We had a beautiful event. It was unbelievable. To this day, it's on worth of our top three events in life, really, truthfully. But as people, we weren't who we needed to be for each other and we let it fall by the wayside. So the best advice I can get is make sure you get somebody that never stops dating you, never mm -hmm. stops dating you. 
does not ever take any time you give them for granted and your love and learn each other's love language. If y'all don't know the book, this is a book by a guy named Gary Chapman and it's called the five love languages. And it tells you what your five love languages are. And everybody has usually three and there's a primary, a secondary, and obviously your third is kind of like the ish. Um, but mine, and I can name you all five, but mine is there's acts of service. There's um, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, and I always forget the last one. I'll give it to you guys, but it, look it up and you'll find what yours are. Mine is mine is acts of service. So my I number do. one thing. Yeah, that's my number. You could come in for the, with literally a tennis bracelets or like a Mr. T starter kit of jewelry. And I'm like, nah. Nope. But if you had done all the dishes, all the laundry, my house is pristine. I'm like, get from over there. I'm about to rock your world, son. Like, that's <laughs> who I am because I, that matters to me. And somebody just being thoughtful or just bringing you flowers on the way home when they stop to grab, you're like, that's an act of service. That was just thoughtful. So for me, mine's acts of service. And then my next is words of affirmation. And you better mean them. You can't be just being like, I love you. You need to say, I, you know, I'm proud of you. You work so hard. I know what you're doing. Like that, I'm that person. I need a word of affirmation. So when you know what those are, it helps you understand. And a lot of times, you guys, you don't even need the book, but get it. Because it's not a lot. It's not a heavy read. Um, but what's really powerful is you can watch your partner and look at your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, and look at whatever the thing they do for you the most. That's what their love language usually is. Ooh, that's good. Like that's the thing. Like my ex-husband, half the reason it didn't work was my love. My number one love language was acts of service. I'd be like, I folded your underwear, and there's food for you to take to set, so you don't have to eat crafty and look like a fat mess. You know, I'd do like, look what I did. Look what I did. And his love language was physical touch, and I'm like. Okay, well, just because you grabbed my boob doesn't mean we're not going to have sex. Like, you need to actually then, like, want to love on me all the time. He wasn't like a, that was his thing. And so we were constantly miscommunicating. And he thought I was rejecting him. And I was like, you don't even care that you have clean panties. (laughs) Like, you know, it was like, what? (laughs) You know, it was those things. It was those things. And I'm a talker and he's not a talker and all the things. So I just say, make sure you both don't stop dating each other. Don't take each other for granted. And please, 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 please learn your love language. And whoever it is, y'all going to rock it hard. You'll rock the Casbah if you learn that. And never discount yourself for somebody else, you guys. Oh, I love this so much. I actually, it's so funny you brought that up because I was going to ask you, Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler just announced that they were getting divorced. And I've been reading up on it. And a lot of people are just saying it's a weird time to announce that in the middle of a pandemic when they were already quarantined in the Bahamas together for like a few weeks. Girl. Like (laughs) part of me is like, what went down at the Bahamas? Um, Well, you know, did, but did he was, what was the reason for the breakup? Was there an alleged reason? Like I think so. I think there was an alleged like infidelity or something, but I was about to say, if you on WhatsApp talking to somebody sis, you can't really keep that on. Like, Oh no, it's my boys. They were going to drop by. No, they weren't. Well, you were no. organizing a Zoom? Knock it off. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's I mean, lot. look, I never want anybody to divorce. I never do. Because let me tell you something. You don't know anybody till you divorce them. You don't know anybody till you divorce them. And you will see someone's real, true colors when you divorce them. Good or bad. Good or bad. And I think that's, that's something you don't take lightly. So, 
I, and I'm look, I love love. I know God's gonna hook me up with somebody amazing. And it's not that my ex wasn't amazing. We just weren't amazing for each other. We brought out not the best in each other. And the only saving grace, and I want to be a mama so bad, but I don't have a baby. And the only saving grace is that we didn't have little children, really. Because yeah. that would have been a hot mess express. Such a hot mess. No. And I thank you for being honest and very open about this. It's so helpful, especially I think everyone in quarantine right now is asking themselves these questions, you know, because I feel like we've leveled the playing field for everything. And once we all get out, it's like, okay, is this my person? What do I really want? And so everything you've been saying just resonates and is so, so helpful. Oh, girl, thank you. And all I can ever say to anybody is never lower your standards, not even for yourself. Like, don't ever lower your standards. I know a lot of times people like to put you in your place or even something as simple as you going on Zillow and looking at a house. And you're like, well, I can't afford that. That's okay. I'm not saying go live outside your means, but don't lessen the thing that speaks to you. Keep working for that because it will show up. That's a relationship. That's a house. That's a career don't don't lessen it because it's not happening exactly how you see it coming. Just keep doing the movement towards the thing that genuinely speaks to you. Don't downgrade you because you're not there yet. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Do not do it. I promise. Because guess what? You will end up going, well, this was, that was a dumbass move. And you don't want to do that. Don't, don't ever do something that makes you just remotely have the, uh, if you have a, uh, stand back. Like Stevie Nicks says, girl, stand back. Don't do it. Don't do it. Keep pushing. Oh God. Well, that's going to be the quote that I will post everywhere. Um, <laughs> wow, Trish, what a good soundbite. You've done this before, haven't you? Oh, girl. Uh, <laughs> um, I want you to pimp yourself out, tell the meatballs where they can find you and just see all the magical, amazing content and things that you're involved in. Well, I, you guys, well, the, the most important thing I can say is follow me uh, on every, everything at Trish, sir, T-R-I-S-H, S like Sam, U-H-R. And that's um, on everything, Instagram, Facebook, it's at Trish, sir, everything. My um, website is at Trish, sir. Uh, don't worry, I'm getting on everything on social media because so, I've been working on a design project that I'm super proud of and it's a big deal and I've not been on it like I should. But I do do um, lives every morning. If you direct message me, I answer every single message. I, I, I really, really, really do. I read every single one and I will try 99% of the time to answer you back every single time. So um, if you have a question, just ask me. I gotcha. Um, and, and I just... What I can say about anybody is go do the thing. Do the thing that you're scared to do, even if it's clean out a junk drawer or start your own website or start your own design firm or become an actress or a comic. Go do the thing. I love that. I love that so much. I love you. I love you. This was like one of my most favorite episodes and we haven't even gotten to like look at each other. So you know this. <laughs> oh, you angel. You've had some amazing guests. So that I, I mean that. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful you took the time. No, I 100% want you back whenever you can. And congrats on this fabulous new project you're working on. Um, Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. you. Thank you, honey. Have the best day ever. You too. And Meatball, thank you for listening. Thank you. Rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. I'm Jacqueline Marfuji. You've been listening to What's Your Jersey podcast, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. 
My mama told me when I was young, we're all one superstar. 